0: decision over Sean Porter and their welterweight unification pay-per-view main event from the Staples Center. And yes, I do have a partner on this pod as the great Rafe Boogs gets ready for his first winter in Detroit. I've got Boxes own and the host of one of the better podcasts in the box A.O. game, Inside Boxing Live, Dan Canobio. Dan, thanks for joining me. You sat there ringside with me. Before we dig that whole thing up, Spence by split decision over Porter,
1: atmosphere-wise, sold-out Staples Center.
0: Bro, this felt big. It didn't really feel big till the main event, but it felt big.
1: First of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, Rafe Books is uh, a great dude. I'm just sitting here temporarily, uh, but I'm going to bring the analysis as best as I possibly can. Big fight feels here in LA. You're absolutely right. This always happens in boxing where a fight gets made on the, sca- on, the on the calendar. And you're you're saying to yourself, uh, I guess that's a good fight. I mean, Porter, you know, he's got two losses. Uh, he, he makes fights ugly. And you get closer and closer to the fight, and you start getting more excited about it. And you know, all of a sudden, fight week creeps up on you on know, a Monday. We're up on press row yesterday. I'm thinking, you know, you know, I'm, I'm kind of giving Porter a little more of a shot here. Then you get to fight day, Los Angeles, a sold out Staples You got Magic Johnson walking around. I made eye contact with Ray J. Wow, okay, wow Ray J, Yeah, wow. I mean, things were happening there. But as for the fight. Potential fight of the year, top five candidate for sure. I thought Porter put on a great performance. I thought he made it ugly early on. He landed some great body shots. They were seemed like they were you know doing a little si do in there. I'll go to your body, I'll get her body, but ultimately the your knockdown. Your body is a wonderland. I'll
0: use my hands as many where. 100.
1: But yes, the you know Spence just had a little more. The knockdown could have been the difference in the fight. I thought I had Spence up seven rounds to five. Uh, Marcos Villegas to my right. Uh, the on, official
0: score of PBC right, on Fox. On,
1: on press. So he had it 116, 111, so we got it 8 to 4. As Dwyer would say, Marcos Villegas, the journalist, doing a fantastic job. What a great back foot game. But, you know, great fight. All in all, I think the, if you order this pay-per-view, you've got your money's worth. Yeah. And now this is two great pay-per-views uh, for PBC in a row with Pacquiao Thurman uh, and this one as well. And Dan's
0: well. not just saying that because he does at times collect <laughs> a Fox paycheck. You can see his hockey box breakdowns on – on uh, what's the studio show called? I Inside
1: Boxing Live. Go out and support that yes. podcast as I support Well I was, th- I was saying
0: you've made appearances on the Fox PBC studio show. Oh, oh, yeah. Show. Inside
1: right? PBC Countdown. We'll yes. be doing another one. For Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz, which was announced formally at the Staples Center before, Yeah, it was the is, hardest to get to. Press this guy put all
0: the, the storylines out there right now. Uh, from a macro point of view, this pay-per-view delivered. It was a plus for Fox, for PBC, for the fans that purchased it. And you nailed it. Spence is 7-1 to one favorite. I mean, he was as high as minus 900. He predicted from day one it would be a knockout. It would be a quote-unquote easy fight. He basically, you know, peed all over Porter's potential chances. So you have to admit... Final couple days, yeah, there's a little bit of buzz around L.A., but it didn't feel like big-time Vegas pay-per-view fight week, and you sort of had that fear in the back of your mind. What if Spence just walks him down? You know, it'll be a big win. It'll be a statement. It'll say a lot of things pound for pound-wise, but we didn't have any of that. No. We had a great fight, a competitive fight back and forth. a As you mentioned, fight of the year contender because of the action, the skill, and then you mix in the drama. But I think in the end here's what's crazy and I hate getting all Max Kellerman in the story of the fight who's who's the, who's the, the moral victor but Sean,
1: Showtime, Sean Porter. yesterday on Press Rope. Did Sean Porter come out of this losing and still be a winner? And I told you no and, chance. And you
0: said no, 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 no. I know. Oddly enough, Dan and I turned out to be a radio tag team doing uh, radio shows all across the country previewing this fight, including one New York-based Latin show that I'm not sure if it was in English or Spanish. I'm not even sure what questions they asked. That was us. a wild ride. Yes. I didn't even know if I could say some of those words on the radio that I did say. But look, macro point of view, man. Holy crap, what a fun-ass night. And Sean Porter's kind of your MVP in a losing cause. And here's why, Dan. He succeeded for 12 rounds at making Errol Spence fight his fight. And then this is where you give Errol Spence the credit. He dug in. The knockdown may have been the clincher, depending on your scorecard. Spence hangs on for a split decision in a fight that Porter dictated, controlled, and made it sloppy, extra sloppy. And I got to give him a lot of credit because I, you probably thought, I certainly thought, as soon as Spence could discipline him, slow him down, how could Porter keep up this pace for 12 rounds?
1: It would be a different fight. It never was a different fight. Well, look at this. Punches, most punches landed on Errol Spence in his career. 172 punches. Wow. That's Porter landed on Errol Spence. So it was a really tough fight uh, for Errol Spence. They landed within four punches of each other in seven of the 12 rounds. It had a a frantic pace. I couldn't catch my breath watching it ringside. But you're right, Sean Porter comes out of this looking very good. He'll get a lot more fights from this. I mean, yes, he it's his third loss, and it seems like he's been on the losing end now of very close fights. But one thing about Sean Porter, he's always in good fights. I didn't think he'd be able to dictate the pace Mm -hmm. or dictate his type of fight. But that's what just showed you what Errol Spence is all about. He's a multi-dimensional fighter. You can fight on the inside, you can fight from range, but one thing I noticed in this fight from the numbers, I'm not going to harp too much on the numbers, but. Oh, well, let's, we have the, the son of the founder of CompuBox, the <laughs> That's great Bob uh, I mean, Canobio. I'll give you numbers if you want, <laughs> but I'm going to think them make sense. Is Spence. I've totally abandoned his jab. He's one of the best jabbers in boxing. Lands seven per round, which is the best out of any welterweight. He was only landing two or three per round. and that is, Wasn't throwing them
0: either. Well, that's because Porter was so successful at claiming the space between yes. them without having to pay the toll. Yeah. And do you know how he did that? He did that through fainting. He did that through constantly weird footwork patterns. Then yeah. when they would get close, do the do the fake three or four crafty. punches.
1: Crafty. He's in your face before you even knew before the round and even started. And this is crazy. I said that
0: on some of those radio hits that'll now live, that'll now just die. I don't think if you didn't hear them, <laughs> they enough, will they live in me. Um I said, look, you know, this is Spence's chance in the end. I'm sorry. This is Porter's chance to prove once and for all that he's a true elite, that he's one of the era defining welterweights in this deep ass, almost historic group that we have right now, which, which I think we'll look back years to come and be like, wow, we had Spence and Crawford in the same era with Thurman Garcia, with Porter, with Pacquiao, with whomever else. And, I didn't think he could do it, and yet he comes out elevated, showed you sort of like Keith Thurman in a loss to Manny Pacquiao in July, may have fought the best fight of his life in this one, and just barely came up short, yet gets elevated from it, the fans are elevated, box is elevated, Uh, the both fighters are, I mean, this was almost like a perfect night in a sense, and Errol Spence was able to protect that, oh, now the key is how did he do that? How did Errol Spence do that specifically in the second half of the fight,
1: Second half of the fight, he started to, to outland him. He started to win some of the exchanges that Porter was winning early on. I thought Porter won two of the first three rounds. And I said, wow, I mean he's 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 game in there, he's moving around, he's dictating the base. But as in every other Spence fight, he turned it on towards the end. He's a machine. We saw it against Mikey Garcia. He was throwing upwards of hundred a hundred punches around in rounds nine through twelve. He has another gear, and we saw it tonight, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, with Spence, and I think it was in the later rounds, definitely after the seventh round. He before one of the uh, the rounds started, you saw he was dancing a bit. He was dancing around. He was smiling. Dude loves this stuff. He doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If it, it's <laughs> ugly in there. Spence loves this. He he has that edge to him that you just can't teach. And uh, yeah, Spence came out of this on on top. And. There's a lot of options for him. I just read on Twitter uh, at the from the press conference that you know Julian Williams he's throwing around. At wow, we'll get into all that. We, we, we'll, we'll
0: get, get into, get all into all the that. man who entered but, the ring and that created some booze in the crowd. But, but as for the
1: the, the fight, the, the X's and O's, I thought Spence can fight any type of fight you want to make. it. And Porter, we knew that he was going to have to bully him in order to have any success. But, you know, like I said, his jab wasn't there, so he went to power shots. The body shots were just blister.
0: Oh, Spence's commitment to the body beginning with sort of the midway point of the fight when it seemed like the fight was going out of control for him was the key in that. Yeah. And then it was the key where I think Porter did slow down a little bit in the second half from that insane pace he set. I mean, in yes, rounds and two, he was two, also three, three, getting into the body. And you know, Spence won this fight with with short power punches. He won this fight by digging in and fighting Sean Porter's style and in some ways fighting it better down the stretch. But there's a lot of leaves there's a lot of, you know, arms uh, branches on the tree to that. So even though Spence beat Porter at Porter's style, was that the only way that fight was going to go down? I mean, did did he just make a decision at some point? I'm just going to dig in and out Porter Porter, or was that the only fight he was going to be able to, fit, to, to fight because he could not figure out a way to stop Sean Porter from doing his mauling his mauling ways?
1: I think Spence was a little taken back by it. He even said it at, at the press conference. I was I was surprised by his style, surprised how how effective he was early on. I think he had no choice because Porter was in his grill. First, second of every round, especially early on. So I think, yeah, Spence, he had no choice early on. I think he was a little taken back by just how aggressive Porter was and how successful he was to get in inside. But he said, you're going to come inside, and you're going to stay that close to me. I'm going to pound to the body. And he did that, and that was the way to do it. And I thought it was interesting, in between, I think it was the second and third round, Kenny Porter says to his son, Sean, let him have the body. Let him have body shots. Whoa. And I was like, really, Kenny? I mean, before the Ugas fight, before they stepped into the ring, you told him that you were going to abandon the whole game plan that we had for a whole uh, training camp, and we're going to box Ugas. So he tells him in the second round, the most devastating body puncher in the World of Division, maybe even in, in, in boxing outside of, you know, maybe Canelo Alvarez, you're going to give him the body? I thought that was an interesting tactical move. I don't know if Sean if, if, if listened to him or not, but it was pretty clear that if you're going to slow down a guy like Porter, you have to go to the body, and Spence uh, did that masterfully. I want to talk to you about this. There was a
0: midway point of the fight after round seven, a little past the midway. I had Porter up five rounds to two, sixty-eight, sixty-five. I could see that, and that's where I'm starting to get the boo birds on Twitter. The people coming, oh, just just like the the Pacquiao Thurman fight. You're your, video, your you know? mentions. Uh, my mentions were on fire. The 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 brief that I looked at them and people laughing and stuff. But uh, Porter is the type type of guy who who when he's fighting this style can can create mayhem on the scorecards because and look. We we're blessed hashtag blessed to sit so close. But I have this talk on this podcast all the time. I'm doing a live blog during this in this specific fight. I was about the fifth row. Had a guy had some tall ass guys sit in front of me. I don't know who that was. Kind of blocking half my view. The ropes can block half your view. I'm tweeting, live blogging, and scoring and writing down notes in between. So, do a, who has a better view of the action? Drunk guy at home tweeting at me with the 70 inch TV. Probably okay. So, with that said. At that point before Spence seemed to make those adjustments and start stinging Porter when he comes in. Didn't stop Porter from coming in, but he started stinging him more. But before that, me going five rounds to two from, for Porter, how much of that do you think was me maybe over-rewarding the yes. aggression? Because when I see the punch stats coming through from the great folks at CompuBox, shout out to Lee Groves on the ones and twos. Right, and Dennis them. Allen tonight. Dennis Allen great as job well. From our team. Um, there were some rounds where, where Porter's, according to CompuBox, in round four – landing 2 of 12, in round 5, 1 of 10, in round 6, 3 of 14. Um, those were three consecutive rounds that I believe I scored for Porter, or two of the three I scored for Porter. So...
1: Those might be, those might be, you might have just jabs, landing because for, for, for round 2 and 3, I have a... Porter landing seven punches.
0: You're yeah. right. I'm looking at the jab total. What a. This is jab. why I'm here. This is this is a live podcast. What an absolute. This is why ju- I'm here. Listen, this, this,
1: a- this is why I'm here. Portland landed seven punches in round two. He landed ten in round three. He landed twenty six in yes. round four. You're looking at jabs. Jabs were 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 not really a factor in the fight, but total punches. Right, good correction
0: punches. there, live, so that didn't come out wrong. <laughs> but here's here's but it's still the same question. So I'm giving Porter those rounds. People on Twitter hit me up going, like, are you not watching that Spence is tagging him in return? Where is the line in your eyes when you're scoring a round? When you're doing two things, you're mauling a guy, which Porter was doing throughout, but two, you're dictating the, to- the, t- the-, the terms of the fight. You're saying, I'm fighting you at this space, at this speed, exactly how I want it. That's called ring generalship. And people forget to score that in rounds. I was f- more than comfortable having him up 5-2 at that point and giving him that credit. Even if you thought Spence landed cleaner, bigger counter shots, he's got a guy in his face with yeah. forearms making him do things. Look, there's a lot of different criterias to score a fight. I don't like the Max Kellerman, shout out to the late Harold Letterman way of saying, well, who would you rather be? Who took more damage? Damage can be a swear, ultimately. But defense, ring generalship, all this stuff has to matter, Dan.
1: I wouldn't know, man. I would never want to be a judge. I mean, it's a a thankless job. Larry Azzard Jr., what were you watching? It was (laughs) going to be one bad score cut out there. But your first point makes a lot of sense, and this happens often in boxing, is where the underdog has mild success to decent success. So you start giving him rounds because he's doing better than you thought he would do. And that was Sean Porter, especially early on. But, you know, as the fight went on, Spence started to step on the gas pedal. I mean, look at round four, then twenty five punches. Uh, he started to round five, then nineteen to ten. But you're right. It's hard to judge a fight, especially in your shoes, when you are doing a million different things. Like you yeah, you're doing a live blog for the fans that didn't buy the paper view You're you're And I can use it, it as deadline. a crutch,
0: but look, I'll stand and put my scorecards up against everybody. I'll admit when I'm wrong. I had uh Triple G Canelo one, I think I had like Almost like 10 rounds or 9 to Triple G. The first time rewatched watched it on TV, had it 7-5 Triple G. And that's fine. How did you score Spence Porter in the end?
1: In the end, I had it 8 rounds to 4 for Errol Spence Jr. So, I thought he did, the, so that's 116 to 111. I thought that he did the better work, and I thought that he, especially to the body, and then he just poured it on late. Nice. That's it.
0: You had the same score as the two judges that scored it for Spence, 116-111. Yes. The third judge, as you mentioned, Larry Hazard, gave it to Porter 115-112. I had it 114-113 for Spence. So what that came down for me was because of that 11th round knockdown, which was huge, huge. for Spence. Uh, now, it doesn't end up being huge. He wins two or three cards without it, okay? But for my scorecard, for a lot of people scoring at home, some some even having Porter up, Um, that evened my scorecard, and then it went to the 12th round, completely up for grabs whoever won it. And I thought that 12th round, which round of the year contender, was up for grabs to like the final 30 seconds where I just thought Spence landed better and cleaner shots. But that 11th round knockdown, man. That that took this fight from fun sloppy to like dramatic. Mm -hmm. Like we in this, you had the same view I did on that side of the ring. Sean drops to a knee, he spins. When he stands up, he's not there. He's out of it. And I watched Kenny Porter, his dad and trainer, like, it was almost borderline Joe Goose and you better effing get inside on him. He just gave him that look like, Sean, like almost like, like, you know what to do. I thought Sean was done and he ended up backing up Spence the rest of that round.
1: It's crazy because that punch was perfectly placed too. Like you said, he was a little dazed that Fox did a great slow-mo shot where his eyes literally rolled to the back of his head. That's that's Sean Porter. Yeah, I mean, that's that's in some scorecards, that could be the, the difference in the fight. But if you take a look and you're not scoring it, and you say it was a really close fight, and there was a knockdown for Spence, that kind of solidifies it for me. If you're not going round by round like the traditional way of scoring fights. But, you know, Spence won the fight. That was the right decision uh, outside of one bad scorecard. And, you know, it was a win for boxing. It was a win for the fans. Like, you know, there's not a lot of big fights at the Staples Center. This one will go down to, along with the long line of... uh you know, competitive. When they do have fights here, they're they're usually good. Not a lot of them. It's good to see them on, on the West Coast. But if you order the fight, you came out like on top because there was a good card all around. There was some yeah, good yeah. performances. You know, the it was a very fight good fight was really good. You know, the first John Molina fight was good while it lasted. We'll get, and, we'll, get we'll we'll get into those quickly
0: at, at the end here. So you gave eight rounds to Spence.
1: Yeah.
0: Me doing 114, 113 for Spence is the equivalent what of me giving seven.
1: Yes, yeah, you give seven to five with a uh, with a no, you uh, so yeah seven five with a with a knockdown.
0: Is my scorecard even correct at this point? <laughs> so, um, so you're gonna. So this is where I want to talk about this. So you, Larry Hazard, giving essentially seven five in the direction of quarter. You think that's a bad scorecard,
1: a robbery, or just close fight? Preferred that guy. I mean, yes, that's a subjective thing, boxing, subjective scores, and the judges are very subjective. I mean, to have Porter up once, what he had, he had a 116 votes quarter That's, that's, I didn't see it that way. I mean, uh, especially towards the end uh, of the fight, I thought Spence was winning those rounds pretty easily, especially, uh, to the body. But maybe he, he's, maybe he saw something we didn't. I know that, uh, you know, he was suspended for a while. Not the right, uh, greatest judge. Here's my
0: point, though. I figured out my score. It is 114, 113. So, what that means is, taking away the point, I scored the draw essentially. Right. With the knockdown it in Spence's favor. How did it take me that long to figure out that math? Because it's 3 a.m. East Coast time and we're on the West Coast right now. Um, and if it's 3 a.m., I must be lonely. She said, Bebe. Uh, so,. I don't like, man, a lot of my scorecards end up being a draw, and it's just like, sometimes you just get there. Well, it was but was a good fight. It was very competitive. I that's my point. It a I mean, sure was, was a good ass fight. Was this more
1: or draw. less competitive than Thurman
0: Pacquiao, which is another sort of
1: sleeper fight of the year? I thought this was more competitive than Pacquiao Thurman. I thought Pacquiao won clear rounds, uh, from about four on. He was tagging, uh, Thurman. Thurman had success too, but I thought this one, just like, just watching the stylistically, them, like like I said earlier, dosy doing like he would, expense like would have him on the ropes, then Porter would be craftily turn him around, and that seemed like that happened numerous times for numerous rounds. So just from like the eyeball test, just watching it but without seeing any of the scorecards or any of the numbers, this fight to me was a lot more competitive than, than Pacquiao-Thurman, uh, fight of the year candidate. I'm going to stand by that. And just I thought
0: it was just as competitive. I thought it was more action, yes. more dr- uh, more dramatic. And uh, shout out to our listeners because in the post-fight interview. Not the Spence one in the ring, but the Spence one at the Fox desk behind the uh, ring. He gave two load watches while talking about Sean Porter emptying the take. So shout out to our listener, Santo at Samacuna. That's how you pronounce that. I don't have the soundboard on me right now, but we will get those added for next week's show. Uh, Spence comes out on top. And then Danny Garcia enters the ring. So, which was and strange. the crowd booze because here's the deal. Spence now has two of four Walter White titles. Terrence Crawford has the other one. Manny Pacquiao has the other one from beating Thurman. Spence wants Pacquiao. He said so in the post Fox show uh, while he was on the set. But in the ring, it seemed orchestrated from our friends and folks at both Fox and PBC that it will be Danny Garcia next, and that was the plan to rush him in there. He was also on commentary throughout the weekend on on the desk above. Uh, There was no pushing. There was no I love your daddy. There was respect, but Danny wants him next. The crowd booed. My fellow CBS editors were sending me Slack message of what the F. I'm not that angry to the idea because I think it'd be a fun fight, and I think with Spence looking to be more human tonight than we thought he would coming in. We thought he might roll through Porter. This actually makes us a really competitive fight. But the fact that Danny Garcia lost to Sean Porter for that WBC title last October, how much does that make you go, not now, Al. Come on, Uncle Al. Like, not right right here.
1: I mean, there's, it's the thing with the, with the welterweight division, there's good names they're very top heavy. And Spence is obviously a top proffer, a top proffer. You have those guys. But when it comes down to it, if Spence Pacquiao is not going to happen, who would you rather see Spence fight? Would you? I'd rather see him in there with with Danny Garcia, somebody who hasn't fought, rather than a rematch. Uh, or or Keith Thurman, who's obviously gonna be out until twenty twelve, mid twenty twenty. So well, we all want. Okay, we all want Terence Crawford. Of course, I, I mean, I'm hundred percent on board with that. But and I know it's Fox not is
0: Bill happen. Wanger, who's the head of uh, programming. Right. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh,
1: it might be Wagner. Is no, it I think Wanger?
0: I think it's Wanger. Um,
1: you should probably know that.
0: Yes, uh, uh, that fellow was interviewed by a media scrum that I was involved with, and he said basically, "Look, the Fury Wilder jointed ESPN Fox pay per view, which we expect in February if Wilder gets pack- past Luis Ortiz, which was announced on Saturday as a Fox pay per view on November 23rd. Then that would open the door," he says, "for Fox and ESPN to work together in the future, and would open the door to Spence Crawford." But he added, "Dan, the kicker in 2021." This is why we can't have nice things. So yes, under that, guys, that we're not getting that fight next year, and Crawford will have to f- fight Mean Machine and uh, another of my Lithuanians, Besputin. Um,
1: <coughs> or, <coughs> sorry, or, it actually or, hurts you uh,
0: No, his Kel, name's being thrown around Kel too. Hellbrook's washy. He is
1: 100%, wash, 100% wash, but he's legitimately. That's Ugh. how. That's how small the crop is. is the, cro- the it's crop. Is crap. The crop is the crap. The crop is crap. Is all right. right so crap. under
0: that, guys. If Pacquiao looks at this and goes, nah, brah, I don't need a big, you know, Walter Way and Spence who could fight at fifty four. You know, give me Mikey, give me Khan, give me give me fuel, give me fire, give me uh that which I desire. Then yeah, I don't hate Danny Garcia. I'm a little baffled though by pushing it on us. But then again, they're not pushing it on the hardcores. Pay per views are for the casuals. People, people didn't know wake Danny up Garcia realize is. that.
1: Danny Garcia's been around for a long time. He fought on HBO, he's fought uh, on plenty of platforms and he's very marketable. I see what they're doing here. Uh, it's not the worst thing out there.
0: Does Danny Garcia deserve it just no. for knocking
1: out Adrian Granada? Absolutely not. Uh, Danny Garcia is a very good fighter and he, you know, he's got the one hitter quitter that, that right hook that could land on Errol Spence. Errol Spence has a chin of granite, which we saw tonight. Wouldn't give, uh, Danny Garcia that much of a shot considering how stationary of a fighter Danny Garcia is too. He is a very flat-footed fighter. He is not Sean Porter in there. Sean Porter can move. We saw Sean Porter in there with Danny it would Garcia. Be an, but it
0: would Spence Garcia, Spence Danny Garcia, would be an interesting chess match because Danny does have the fight-changing power.
1: He does, and it's a fight that we haven't seen yet. And why not? I mean, the PPC is going to stay under their umbrella, which everything has shown that they are. Oh, it's a fight I would watch. It's a fight that I can get behind. It's a fight that Fox can market, and it'll probably be a pay-per-view. For early 2020.
0: Here's the deal, by the way, on Spence. And uh fights like this, he's he's gonna become a pay-per-view star. I know that there were low expectations for this pay-per-view. We obviously don't know the numbers. There were some people saying this week, well, maybe i will do 150 or 2 or 250, and what's the break-even point? We don't know, and both guys are only guaranteed two million for their purse, so maybe it's a lower break-even point, all that jazz. They delivered. They delivered, Dan, in a Triple G Canelo type way that gives you the feels of the old school yeah. when your dada, I love your dada, was was back there pressing the ones and twos for the 80s welterweight crop. The four, four, 80s nostalgia. The, then. And then throwing and you got the Four Kings. And, yes. and those were fights that you knew they were going to deliver, and they delivered. We just happened to live through the Mayweather era where you got used to almost not getting what you paid for on pay-per-view in the end and just hoping not. So... For Spence, this win is also, I think, a win for that. But uh, even though you and I both love the PBC, we cash PBC-related checks through our TV work on Fox. People know that we're upfront about it. With that said, I don't have any extra inside info, but I did see a fella ringside named Floyd Mayweather. I did see him. So,
1: like a very long
0: robe. If I could play conspiracy theorists for a second, without knowing any inside info. But being a guy who happily cash checks and loves me some PPC boxing is the push of Danny Garcia into the ring to link him up with Spence and essentially eliminate in your mind the idea of Spence Pacquiao, right? Because they very easily could have pushed Pacquiao out there.
1: Well, it could be a number of things. Yeah, but be, no,
0: hold on. But, but I, didn't get to, I, didn't get to, I didn't get to the hook. I didn't get to and them Blue's them. Traveler taught us that the hook brings you back, all right? Is that because Floyd wants him some Manny maybe August, September next year in the new Raiders football stadium in Las Vegas when it opens? Could you connect the dots on that
1: conspiracy theory?
0: Why would we throw Manny to Spence if there's only one person Floyd comes back for?
1: It's a juicy conspiracy theory. It's a a very viable conspiracy theory. I mean, Floyd shows up to a lot of Spence's uh, fights because he's under the Mayweather promotion banner sort of say, but yes, I could potentially see that happening. Uh, Another thing was did Errol Spence, how did he look tonight in getting Manny Pacquiao? Manny Pacquiao has been on record, not on record, but saying, you know what, I don't know if I really want Errol Spence, he's not coming out and saying so. Did Errol Spence put on a performance tonight? Maybe even get exposed, I'm not going to say that, but he didn't look as dominant as he did there in, in that fight. Did, does that mean that Spence maybe Pacquiao takes on Spence? I mean, there's a lot of things that can go but- on here.
0: Well, you were at Garcia Spence, Mikey Garcia yeah. Spence in Dallas. Wasn't Manny ushered into the ring after that? Awkward, yes, he? he was
1: pushed in there. I know he landed like maybe like an hour before that fight. He was very tired. He came over from the Philippines. They said, Heidi asked him, hey, do you want to fight uh, this guy here And Errol Spence? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: that was awkward, but there had to be a strategy behind that.
1: There's always a strategy behind it, especially with, with the PPC. And yes, he's pushing Danny in there. It took me by surprise. I didn't hear any rumblings about it earlier in the week. You didn't either. Uh, you know, sources didn't report it. There was literally no chatter about a Danny Garcia Errol Spence fight. So yes, wheels are turning as always uh, with the PVC. Maybe they put him in there with, with Errol Spence. Pacquiao becomes a a, a, a free, exit for free agent, but a, a, his dates become open. And then yes, it's either going to be, in my opinion, Mikey Garcia being the front runner for next Pacquiao fight. Mayweather behind Mikey Garcia, and then lingering is Amir Khan in Saudi Arabia for a ridiculous amount of money. Because we know that Manny Pacquiao, at this point in his career, is chasing the biggest possible check. Rightfully so, yes. and he's forty. I will say this about Pacquiao: like
0: he's not afraid of anybody. If you gave him the amount of money he's looking for, he'd fight Spence tomorrow, anywhere.
1: That's Manny Pacquiao, right? Because he has to cast these checks. He's in this game for a reason, especially yes. at this point in his career. He wants to, you know, further along his, his politics, and he wants to miss a lot of money. That goes into there. But how about this? The way Spence looked tonight, do you think that Pacquiao looked at him and said, hey, maybe I can beat him? That's or ins- does, does Pacquiao even think like that anymore? That's, I, it's hard to... T- dude, Pacquiao... The m- <laughs> I'm
0: going to say this with respect. even watch the fight. The closer you get to Manny Pacquiao as a journalist, the more you realize he's a 15-year-old boy inside there. And I don't mean that as disrespect. I just mean he's he's a happy dude who loves right. loves his, his entourage and loves playing basketball and loves uh, politics and... Um, I don't know how deep he thinks on this stuff, but the way he fought Thurman and the way he looked, I don't know. Porter humanized Spence, and that's a subplot. Right, I'm a little, I'm open
1: more, I'm more open to the, to a a Pacquiao Spence fight now. But look, in terms of a
0: default, if it has to be Danny and Spence, and Danny has a stick, as Dwyer has taught us, um, dude, this is the 80s. This is what we want, guys. This is the best. Taking turns fighting everyone and the best. You got a cupboard full of five or six like must see welterweights in the PBC. They're all fighting each other. They're all taking turns. This is what we want in the end. So don't get too upset. I got a couple more branches on this tree regarding Spence. I got to talk to you. Hot button questions. I said coming in. Some people thought I was crazy. If Spence, who I have rated number three pound for pound in the world, coming in Loma and Crawford ahead of him, if he was able to walk down and decimate Porter, he could make a legitimate claim as pound-for-pound pound king. Well, that didn't happen, okay? Does this knock his pound-for-pound pound credentials, though, the way he performed?
1: Here's the thing, I, and I talked about this on my show last week, that I can't stand this phenomenon, this trend that's going on in boxing, and that's the word exposed. I so saw a little bit on Twitter when I opened up my phone walking from Staples Center to our hotel room to record this. Yeah. Where Spence got exposed Hipster tonight. hot takes. Come yeah. on, guys. Like... A competitive fight does not mean that someone got exposed. Sean I mean, Porter fighting the fight of his life does not I, mean he got exposed. I understand that there's not a lot of competitive fights anymore in boxing. There's a lot of mismatches. a lot of one-sided fights. But a guy fighting his the fight of his life, like you said in Porter, a very close, fun fight does not mean that Errol Spence got exposed by any means. But yes, I thought there was a little bit of vulnerability shown tonight. I thought... Uh, that he took a lot more punishment uh, than I expected, but he also has shown that he has a phenomenal chin because Porter landed a lot of clean shots. Both on guys
0: him. had a beard on that one, and I think if there's any knock on Spence, well, well, certainly that he couldn't regain control of the pace of the fight, in the in the distance, in the style of the fight. Yes, he hit Porter hard. But unless Porter was going to visibly show that he's hurt and stumble back and go into a shell, Spence was, never had a chance to kind of become the the, the bully and walk him down. So that's a knock against Spence. So in the great Spence Crawford debate, and we can only do this until twenty twenty one when Bill Wanger um, lets this fight happen with ESPN. Um, we can only have podcasts and have these debates. So we always debate who would win, what would it would look like. I always look at it as Spence is the perfect. Or near perfect heading into this fight, prototypic traditional boxer. He's a Southpaw, and yes, he can walk you down and get you out of there, but he's technical to the to the nines, he's traditional, where Terrence Crawford's the abstract painter. He can switch stances, yeah. he can throw crazy angles, he can do wacky things. In my heart of hearts, people don't pull pull out weapons often on the show, but had you put a gun to my head yesterday, in fact we'd had this conversation over beers, all right? Mm-hmm. I said, look, right now I gotta lean Crawford because he can go outside the lines. Yes. He can do, you know, he can adjust in crazy ways. Porter was too bread and butter, and it was—I'm sorry—Spence was too bread and butter, and it was Porter who was doing all kinds of wacky stuff. Spence couldn't play that style of music.
1: It's a great fight, man. That's the the fight that has to happen is Crawford Spence. So I've always leaned Crawford. I've always linked Crawford because of the reason that you just listed the Southpaw. I think he's got a little more dynamic uh, skills uh, than Spence does, but it's razor thin. I mean, you, you, we can only speculate, like you said, from now until 2021. If that's the case, I hope it's not the case. Man, I, that's the fight you got to make. But in, in the meantime, if we got to get these other ones that are going to end up being competitive fights as well. Like this one, a lot of people wrote off is that it's, it's why is this a pay-per-view? Uh, you know, Porter uh, has two losses. Uh, he makes every fight ugly. And up being a great fight. Well, Spence so,
0: kind of helped that narrative, by the way. On on what, yeah, on platforms like PBC Face to Face, the service I host, he kind of really was like almost like I'm going to kick the crap out of this uh, this brawler. So yeah. right, and even afterwards at
1: the press conference, you know, what Spence said, he goes, "You are you know you're better than I thought. You were better." He had kind of had to eat his words and eat some of those devastating you know jabs he was throwing at him on on, on shows. That you may or may not host. That's right.
0: Uh, so Porter has the night of his life, yet the reality for his in this loaded era that I talked about, damn, really close loss to Cal Brook by majority decision, although in reality it was more unanimous in terms of what we saw. Really close loss to Keith Thurman. And now really close loss to Errol Spence. Uh, I'm not going to compare him to Tommy Hearns because Tommy Hearns is an all-timer, but he's almost playing the Tommy Hearns role of right now of the guys in this era, even though Tommy Hearns Ended up, uh, you know, obviously winning great share, but against the other four kings, it was like he was the guy coming up short against those guys. Um, Is this the mountaintop for for Porter?
1: Uh, He's been in a lot of wars. Take a look at his face. I don't mean like it's time to go. I don't don't
0: mean like you should finish. We don't need to get Prince Nassim out here, but is this the highest point of his career?
1: I believe so, yes. I think tonight he laid it all on the line. This was his biggest test of his career. This is a fight that no one was giving him a shot. And you go back to fights with Danny Garcia, they gave him a shot. You go back to fights with Keith Thurman, they gave him a shot. Go back, Cal Brook. They also gave him a shot. Tonight was the night where he had zero shot, if according to the you know the media and and the fans. It's but like
0: plus six hundred, right? You
1: can't knock a guy like Sean Porter, who I will make another comparison, and he's not the same fighter of Oscar De La Hoya. The thing with Oscar De La Hoya is he fought everyone. Did he win more times than not? But he also. Took a lot of L's as well, but he fought everyone. Took a lot he of personal
0: L's too, and he still got back in that ring. Yes, he still
1: powers forward. Meet
0: me on the D, Oscar, on the low, on uh, So
1: <laughs> The thing is with Porter is he fights everyone, and if you fight everyone and you put on good performances, the fans will remember you for that. Yes, he, now he has three losses on his ledger, but they're he's given us great fights. And they're all elite title fights that he and lost you got to respect it. That's what boxing should be about. That's kind of what Floyd kind of ruined things a little bit. By putting so much importance on the O next to your name, yes, yes it's good to be undefeated and to win every fight. You all wanna win every fight. But if you're in there and you give it your all and you saw the Staples Center crowd tonight, they gave Sean Porter a massive ovation. They booed him
0: at the announcements and then they were cheering him by the fans. It was
1: Rocky Four style. You see you know? that often in boxing and I shout out to, to LA fans. This is my first time in California. My first Damn. time had a big fight Staples center. Great fans. They were it was packed for the first fight of the night, something you don't see often. Uh, on, on pay-per-views, and you don't see it often in, in boxing. You usually see the fans come in right before the main event. I know, it was, I've heard for, for years that this is a hotbed for, for boxing and all the gyms. Hotbed
0: for boxing, bed for Cougars. You know, it's,
1: Apparently there's a lot of sw- Cougars walking around. This Swipe hotel. right if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's little messages there. But, you know, shout-out to the fans in L.A. They were loud, and they came out, and I love when they give a guy, like, who lost his just due, and that's for Porter. Long story short, I do think this is the height of, of Porter's career, but I think that performance he's still somewhat young we will still get maybe, you
0: know, a Keith Thurman 31 rematch. years old. I, I I would love for him to do that. Ugas get. rematch.
1: All right, so... Maybe he up to 154 because
0: he's just, a bigger guy. Ah, you right right won the 160 in the amateurs. I know. He beat be Usyk. It was just crazy. Usyk was walking
1: around tonight. He was? I saw Usyk. Uh, I wanted to chase after him. I wanted him. If I got a picture with him, how can I write a caption that doesn't say I am feel yes, Because that's
0: yes, kind of played yes. out. Oh, C- Canelo's trainer was ringside as there well. There was a lot of people ringside. Box came out for this. All right, you said a key word there. Um, how also freaking Danis. good is your Jor-Denisugas, right. by the way? the boogeyman.
1: The boogeyman of 147 in terms of... Like, fun. is he
0: a super elite and we just yes, don't know yet? Yes, he, he is. Is.
1: He's, he's number five in my top five of welterweights. And he's a guy that not a lot of fans know. He's Cuban, so you're going to avoid him. Doesn't bring a lot of eyeballs. Doesn't bring a lot of money. Slick Therefore, dresser. Slick dresser. Slick dresser. But the type of guy that's not going to bring a lot of, you know, what's the what's the point of fighting Well, risk reward, but of course, strong
0: border fought him. Well, here's what's crazy: is we're saying Danny Garcia, like, kind of technically, doesn't deserve to fight the unified welterweight champion next. Ugas, Ugas, if we were, if if this was like traditional sporting rules, Ugas would be next. But well, Spence? But then again, he just lost to Porter too. So what am I talking about? But then he came back. But a lot of
1: people thought he won. But but then he came back and blew away Figueroa. So what I'm saying. But how do you sell Spence Ugas?
0: You don't, you know, and that's a, that's a trap fight for Spence, and you don't do that right now when he's coming off of two pay-per-views. And look, I don't know how the numbers will be for this fight, but his pay-per-view brand is only getting bigger by the way he fought, like I said before. I mean, because I look, this this is how men do it. This was 80s style. We love it. I love it. Uh, you have any other final thoughts on uh, Spence and Porter before we roll through this undercard? Clip? Uh,
1: I, I mean, great fight. I mean, if you didn't buy it, you have buyer's remorse, which wow. is... Oh, wow. And you if were... you're following on Twitter, you probably were, were kicking yourself that you didn't buy it uh great fight uh will it be
0: like almost uh,
1: okay I, know I hate to go to this
0: hyperbole but like we said fight of the year contender is this is going to be one of the ones we look back and this sort of the second half of this decade like this was one of the better like it was like triple Jane Canella had those two great wars and then hey don't forget that that porter spence fight
1: porter spence this fight will go down especially this year as a oh, fight of the year uh in the top three I still have Joshua Reeves as my number one. I know you don't think no, so. No. But that's the only fight that gave me an oh-shit moment.
0: Lippin' Peterson was pretty damn fun. Yeah, right? it
1: was a lot. It's been a sneaky good year uh, for, for good fights, but this is a fight we will look back on fondly because both guys got in there and traded it, left it all on the line, especially oh, when with the per
0: view And people. you mentioned that Spence did say again, which he had said to me uh, a month ago, and I never wrote it, I should have, that uh, he wouldn't mind facing Julian Williams at 154 that's for the title. interesting. And long-term... Still wants Canelo at 60. He didn't say it tonight. He said that to me uh, ahead of this fight, talking to him a month ago. Wow. 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 All right. This co-main event um, ultimately delivered what was promised. David Benavidez regaining his WBC uh, super middleweight title, the one that was stripped from him for the bugar Sugar incident, against the dog Anthony Durrell. We saw another cut over Durrell. We finally saw a stoppage late in this fight after the doctor looked at it three times. Um... Benavides, good God, is who I think he is at age 22. He's the future of this division. Love you? Can you give him any negatives for
1: tonight? I love Benavides. I mean, he fought an intelligent fight. Uh, I thought it was going to be more of a banger early on, but it turned out both guys were giving each other a lot of respect. Uh, the first, you know, three or four rounds, a lot of feeling out. You Wonder saw how
0: thoughtful Benavides was, by the way. Very he took, Actually, took time yes. to, Boys, to figure him out. that's yes. one thing I saw.
1: Um, you know, Barack best of uh, boxing. Yeah, bully, wow. But, uh, Barack and Ock fame. I and of k fame. Right. Shout out Kate to him. Yeah. As well, that's documented on, on Instagram. We're not breaking news there. But I was <laughs> going, to, I was going to, to, to the bathroom in between fights, and we sat and we talked a little bit about Vitas. He's very poised. A lot more poised because he has this kind of reputation as like a brawler. But I was really uh, impressed with a lot of things with, with him. His defense is sneakily getting better. Uh, when he lets his hands go, which he doesn't always do, which tonight, especially tonight, I thought was he was smart. He let his hands go. He found openings in, in round four on when he started to wear down uh, Durrell a little bit. Thought he's a little flat footed though. Thought, uh, you know, after, you know, plant, if he ends up fighting him, should be really interesting. I want to get into
0: that in a second. Yeah. Um, I was very impressed by how much, to, how easily Benavides cuts off the ring. Like, he's really good at that. He's no Gennady Golovkin at that, but he's really good at cutting off the ring. And he did his best work when he trapped Durrell in the corner. Yeah, and he set a panel on
1: the body and he opened up a cut on. Darrell's face and, and he the, wanted
0: Darrell to brawl and he kept trying to get him into it kept trying yeah, to urge him I, into I, I it I kind of
1: hate that though when they when they're smiling at each other There's a lot of that a lot of like you hit me you tag me let me smile a lot of like Goosen was getting on their case a lot of tomfoolery yeah. going on between the two of them where you know you, they tag it and you laugh but you know Darrell had some some moments where he escaped danger early on but all in all, Benavides, I don't understand why he's not listed when you said the top fighters under 25, which is something that's been a trend in boxing. Shakur Stevenson, T. Fimo Lopez, Devin Haney, Javante Davis. Benavides has to be in Dude, and the man. crowd popped for Dude, him. Dude, loudest pop tonight. that so Spence got bigger a bigger pop. I want to talk over.
0: We went, full disclosure here. You and I on Friday after the weigh in at the. The new Shaquille O'Neal restaurant went to a fantastic media party. That was a good party. There, were, there was free drinks. There was free food. There was free underwear from the folks at the They Contenders were giving out underwear, not
1: edible undies, but, um, you know.
0: Good God, we got... We had some um, intoxicated conversations with VO, with, with with Coach Haas. I mean, this was almost a legendary... Jack leg- Reese was there? Jack Reese was drinking a beer. This was almost a legendary night. I mean, yeah. Chris Cyborg
1: was there. Chris I Cyborg mean, was there. Heidi
0: Andron, we There were some t- conversations some being AE- had. Some AEW
1: wrestlers that you had to tell me yes, who they
0: were? Yes, SCU was in the house. Uh, and uh, there was a point to my story.
1: I'm Great sure recording. it was. I think that was the end of it. Moscow was, mules, we were, we were chugging. There were some Moscow mules. Oh, in
0: the conversation I ended up having, don't know if you were there, I had a couple drinks, all right, full disclosure. Don't know if you were in on, the, oh, Sergio Mora, by the way, I'm trying to book Sergio's last career fight. I won a trilogy against Manfredo, and the Zone co-main event in Providence with Demetrius Andrews.
1: You know what's funny? My buddy came out to the fight tonight, he lives in California. Guess who he was with? Peter Manfredo's nephew. No way. All yeah. right, All yeah, right. right. So it's so, funny you bring that up. So Mora's in on it, by the way. He
0: actually was going to consider texting Al. I was like, yeah, man, give me a little... He uh, is
1: sneakily with PBC, although he works for yes, his own. Yes. I, I heard him on uh, Maddox's pod talking. He wrote Spike O'Sullivan. And he quickly, yes. uh, he quickly shrugged that one off. Maybe Spike has too much of a right hand. But I love Sergio. It was great to talk to him. He was uh, drinking a nice little red wine he doesn't
0: need the He doesn't need you to tell the people what he was drinking. No, he doesn't need that. A red very, wine. I mean, he's, he's sophisticated. A very, he's a very uh, proud man. Um, the point of me saying this is we had a power conversation about which fighters matter the most to PBC. And you can certainly see that by the way they market that Spence is a giant um, piece for them right now. I think the only one more valuable to the PBC than Spence is Wilder, of course. and maybe Gervonta long term. Yes, but somebody quickly goes, you know what? Benavides is right outside of that conversation. I mean,
1: the dude's got the Mexican fan base behind him. Twenty-two he years old in bunches, and he's which a was badass. Said a lot tonight on the broadcast. in um, so and bunches. we might have to retire that. Uh, term from the boxing lexicon as well. But yes, uh, I, that's something that I've seen on Twitter uh, recently. I think Derek James brought it up uh, when he was bringing up Terrence Crawford and there was a discussion on who's the most valuable fighters uh, in the PBC. I would agree with you that Spence, Wilder's number one, Spence number two. I put Pacquiao ahead of Benavidez, even though it's not a long-term play, but right now he represents the, the most money that can be made for, for PBC. But Benavidez, you're right, I feel like he's a, a sleeping giant and a lot of that self-inflicted wounds. With, with drug use. Hey, the guy likes to
0: party, you know? I mean fast life. Look, we're in L.A. People, some people take edibles. I mean, they'll do crazy things out Ooh, here. Uh, you know? I don't know if there's that, but... Uh... So, uh, where I was going here, though, to close, was... Uh, I'll give Durrell the dog credit. He gave a tough out. When he knew that the fight was probably going to be stopped, he switched southpaw in round eight. He went for it. He comes up short. The fight we all want to see now, I doubt it will be next, but the fight that this kind of fun 68 division in PBC... It's gotta be Caleb Plant and David Benavidez. Yeah, I mean, and Plant's already tweeting out, this is the mf that I'm supposed to be worried about. Dude, that fight, style-wise, is great.
1: It's everything you want. I mean, marketable. I mean, you got a guy, a white dude in Plant who can talk. Yes. Like, you no, know, you got Benavidez who's got the goods and can talk as well. That face-to-face. And would, they don't would like, be each good. They do like each other. They do not like each There's videos out there of them are fighting. And right. right. And, be, and the fans know where they are. The fans, it's an easy fight to sell. and But, you know, in the ring, you have Styles make fights. I mean, I'm, that a,
0: that's I'm, not a pay-per-view main event, but that's a big ass fight. I
1: mean, I don't, I don't, I try every time I think I had the Fox business model down, I'm wrong. But I mean, I can see that being a pay-per-view. I can also see it being a big Fox uh, a main event on, on cable. But stylistically in the ring, you know, Styles make fights. You hear that all the time in boxing, but this one does because Plant can move like no other. One thing about Benavidez that I didn't like tonight is he's very front foot based. Like he. Fights a little too much on on his front foot, and I thought he was a little flat-footed uh, at, at times in there, where that could give him fits against a, a Caleb Plant who can move like no other sweet hands. He can get in and out with, with combinations. Sweet, sweet hands. Love that fight. Oh, sweet fiance. Really, yeah, really Shout that out fight. to Caleb Plant,
0: indeed. Uh, quickly, Mario Barrios, the unbeaten 140 prospect, goes in there against, what the heck's that guy's name? Knock him out of. Akhmadov. Akhmadov. Batir Akhmadov Ach- from Uzbekistan. Yep. Um, I need more of that guy in my life, Dan, because that guy was just like, at some point in this fight after an early knockdown, I'm going to square up and walk Mario Barrios down and drain his gas tank. Uh, In the end, what do we have? We had Barrios getting a very key late second yes. knockdown and then him getting one of those unbeaten prospect scorecards yes. from the uh, three judges. I forgot the scores. I forgot. Was it unanimous or... It was, it was unanimous, yes. And I looked over at
1: Marcos Villegas, who sit next to me, and I said, "You know, they're gonna give us the Barrios." Yeah. He's like, "No way, man! I, I, no way!" There were four other
0: people having that. Like, Chris Max was one of them. People were just people are claiming that from like round four on. Right, like, this guy's gonna get screwed.
1: I outlanded Barrios one eighty five to seventy three over the final per, six rounds. Per per copy box, per copy box, per my fingers. I don't understand it. Uh, I don't know if Barrios something happened to him physically. Uh, I don't want to take any. I don't want to take any credit away from Mac Madoff, but you know Barris is a guy that PBC is very high on. Yes, uh, he's gonna have to sit out for a while because his eye blew up. He had cuts. I mean, he took a lot of punishment in there. Well, you gotta we... maybe slow the train a little bit on, on Mario Barris. The Spurs yes. for tweeting about him and they yes. have a huge fan base in San Antonio, which is great. But you have to win fights in order to fill up arenas. And.
0: uh he tried to be thoughtful in there and poised. It took him a few rounds to figure out the weird rhythm of Akhmadoff, but then Akhmadov went into full-on brawler mold, and he, had, he just didn't have the, the juice to stay with him. It's uh That's going to be a wake-up call for Barrios. The other fight of note uh, that we saw was John Molina Jr. Um, I, yeah, get the Prince Nassim clip, and I think he should finish. Uh, good win for Jose Cito Lopez stops him. Finally, the, the towel seemed to be thrown in from the corner, right? Was it that was a corner stoppage?
1: Yeah, but they that, the ref was saying, "We're giving you one more round, yeah give you one more round. And um, then being like three more rounds of punishment for Molina, they could have stopped that one, especially with all the knockdowns, went down the, in the first punch of the fight in, in round number one. Those are the types of fights that you throw in the towel because there's no path to victory. He was Malina. almost
0: stopped in like, just like he was against uh, Lenaris. Remember in the first yeah, round, he got kind on. of pinned in the corner? Yes, early
1: on. So uh, yeah, Molina doesn't have the punch resistance anymore, but he has that one-hitter quitter. You know, I don't want to see him bunch. against a legitimate I don't, fighter. but you know, he'll take five punches to land one big like, one. People
0: on Twitter were like, I don't want to see him next against Robert Guerrero who won a decision in the Fox main event tonight and it wasn't a good performance. That's an FS1 and... one card
1: written all over it oh, in like Oklahoma somewhere. I hope not.
0: Uh, yeah, that's the card tonight. No no need to linger on. Uh, the great Dan Canobio of CompuBox joining me. Um, you know, John Molina may have been at that contender's party as well. He wasn't drinking anything, but he may have been there too. I saw him in the corner. All right, I had I had a few uh, I had a few uh, I had a few things there. All right, they had some nice uh, they had some nice sliders. Listen, after the the
1: what they put us through for the uh, radio row, we did a lot of interviews. Yes, so yes. So we, we had did. to go hang out. At a we party. spread our seat all over the country. Like we did like prime. We, did. we were on with San Francisco. We were on with with uh, New York City. Hot. Yes. DJ, shout out to DJ Juanito, DJ John, my man at
0: Hot ninety seven. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another great night at the fights in L A. And, uh, you know, I got a vacation coming up, so I won't be in person for Triple G next week. You're going to take that yeah, fight against Sergey Derivinchenko?
1: Yeah, I'm going to be there. I'll be there on uh, October 5th. Uh, I'm going to go to the Yankee playoff game Friday night. Hopefully, get a, a dub. And then, uh, you know, October is crazy. Crazy schedule. Yes, October. Yes. You got Usyk finally fighting at heavyweight after Triple G. The 19th, you got Kvotsky versus Betterbeer. Oh, I love that fight. And then you got uh, Regis Progre. Uh, October 26th. Don't forget about zone. Erickson
0: Lubin on Showtime again. That's actually a good card. That's exactly. a, sneaky, That's a sneaky really
1: good card on the 26th as well. Let me we roll right into to Canelo on uh, on uh, in November. Yeah. And then next before you know it, Ruiz and Joshua are getting back in there strong into the year in boxing.
0: Programming note for the State of Combat Boxing podcast. There will be a regular show this week. I'm going to be in New York City on Monday, going one-on-one with Triple G. You'll hear that sound. Also chatting with Jonathan Banks, the new trainer of Gennady I, Golovkin, as Dwyer would probably say. Uh, Dan Canobio, where can the listeners who I'm sure are well familiar with you, but in case there's any female listeners out there who would look into potentially swipe, we're on Twitter, and I always get the name of your podcast wrong, but it's inside...
1: Boxing, boxing live. live, inside boxing live, On so CompuBox TV. Yes, we do those every Monday. You might have seen our boxing Mean Tweet series that we've been doing. We're uh, having fun with that. Oh, yeah, you have got that new thing—the sixty-second weekend. review? Boxing sixty, who Rafe Bartholomew put in his speed bag. That's something we have fun with. We try to have fun. You we know? try to bring have fun, Different okay? type of content to you. Uh, a lot of numbers, a lot of uh, you know behind the numbers. with inside boxing live, you can follow me uh, on Compu uh, at at Dan on Twitter at Dan on Instagram no, we're, no so. Star Wars jokes
0: you've never heard you know
1: Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, Yeah, hear once a day DJ you know.
0: John was like you know Dan Obi-Wan Kenobio yeah. it's a first okay, though, for man. everything yeah but All that Dan right. Kenobi on Twitter and
1: Instagram and uh, we have fun
0: bro uh, big week for the State of Combat podcast as well big MMA show with Rashad Evans don't miss that pro wrestling Thursday this week guys AEW launches we drank and partied with SCU they'll be a part of that show if you listen to this and you care about skinhead white guys wrestling Let me just tell you, the SCU guys said AEW will change the game with their work rate and with their promos, the debut episode of AEW Dynamite Wednesday. Want to hear that? recap Thursday on the State of Combat Wrestling Show. Anyway, that's it. That's it. Alright? The hotel room's gotta end. There's gotta... Some people in this room might swipe. I'm not one of them. I got an early flight tomorrow. For Dan Kenobio, it's your boy, BC. Rafe Boggs will be back on the weekly show. Spence Porter in the book. Survive in advance for the truth. Somebody get Manny Pacquiao up in the bullpen. We out.